0: Good morning and welcome to Rollins Around Town. My name is Sam Stark and I serve as the Vice President of Communications and External Relations here at Rollins College. My role allows me to engage in the Central Florida community on many levels and it is my responsibility to help connect the dots between the college and the community at large. The dots I refer to are opportunities for college stakeholders, faculty, staff and students to have access to leaders and professionals in our region. This helps Rollins deliver on our mission while also uplifting the brand of the college throughout Central Florida. So this show will showcase the connections between Rollins and the Central Florida community. We will introduce the college to important community leaders and share the impact Rollins has throughout town. Guests come from outside of the college as well as Uh, Feature our very own faculty, staff, and students. The goal of the show and these interviews is to show the role, the important role Rollins plays in town, and how important the college is to our region. So thank you for joining us this morning, and it is my pleasure to welcome a friend and an amazing friend of Rollins College, Mr. Hal George, president of Parkland Homes. Welcome to the show, Hal, and uh, thanks for joining us this morning. No, thanks. It's great to be here. So not doing, you know, the deep dive into your bio and, and your whole chronological uh, uh, professional career, but kind of just want you to tell your story a little bit. Can, can you start just by sharing where you grew up and, and how you got to Rollins? Sure. Um, I grew up in
1: Virginia, went to a boarding school in Richmond, Virginia, um, ended up at Rollins totally by a fluke. Um, I was down here, I was going to go play lacrosse at uh, one of the colleges up near Virginia. And seniors from our boarding school used to be able to take um, time off if they were interviewing at colleges. I was in a surfing contest in Cocoa Beach, spring break, and decided I'd set up an appointment at Rollins so I could stay in Florida a little bit longer. So came over here, saw the school, thought, my gosh, this is beautiful. And um, went back, though, fully expecting to go to school um, up north, and uh, a few weeks later got a letter from Rollins offering me a scholarship, and I started thinking about it, and I go, you know what, that looks like a pretty good place to spend the next four years. So I came down to Rollins.
0: That's pretty good.
1: Well, it it worked out well for me. I never left.
0: And it explains a lot uh, about you and (laughs) and helps me understand a few things now. What did you study when you were here? Or, you know, assuming you you did. I did. I did. (laughs) I learned
1: that we had a library my third year. Excellent. um, And we're in that old building. Now, I was an English major, actually. My intentions were to go to law school. And they had uh, a pre-law program at the time. But I... I always enjoyed English. My mother was an English teacher when I grew up, and and um, and so I became just a full English major.
0: Fantastic! What, what what was your experience like? You know, what what did you what else were you involved with? Uh, and and kind of you know what what completed your educational uh, experience, both in and and out of the classrooms.
1: Well, um, I think, as I was telling you before, I came to Rollins at a very interesting time. Um, Disney had just opened. Um, When I came down to Rollins, it was a very strict campus. Campus safety carried firearms. Um, uh, Men were not allowed in the women's dorms at all, and vice versa. Uh, Drinking age was 21 on campus, um, or in Florida, and uh, the campus safety would check your bags as you're walking across campus to make sure you didn't have beer or something in it and we swam in the lake there was a big u-shaped dock out uh, behind the old McCain dorm and uh, with a high dive platform and that was our swimming when i left four years later we had a swimming pool a pub on campus (laughs) co-ed dorms and the guns were gone from the campus safety so I kind of got a really wonderful glimpse of the old Rollins, and then the new Rollins. That's impressive. That's it, uh, it was great. Yeah, campus safety with firearms. Wow, that's, I know that's, that was kind of intimidating when I first came to visit. But you know what the heck? It was the seventies, right?
0: <laughs> what else were you? What were you involved with? Any, so uh,
1: I was. Um, uh, I was involved with. uh, I was in a fraternity here and was president of fraternity. Um, I don't like to talk about the fraternity because they were thrown off campus, but um, not while I was here. Um, Which one? KA. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In fact, um, which we'll talk more about Thad later, but that he used to enjoy bringing that up anytime he introduced me, (laughs) and I'd always have to let people know that it did not happen while I was here, and he was the president that threw him out. Right. Uh, but I was involved with the college senate, um, and a big proponent. I was a big proponent of instead of um, complaining about administration and complaining about problems at a school, go ahead and get involved, be active in it, and you have a chance and a voice to do something, you know, about it. So we advocated that, and had uh, actually my senior year the. Um, Uh, Our fraternity had the president and vice president of student government as
0: well as a couple of um, senators and stuff like that. So, Was that in you before you came to Rollins, do you think? Or did Rollins somehow, you know, either intentionally or otherwise kind of bring that out, that that community engagement and activism?
1: Um, No, I think I've had that. I was involved in a lot of things in school in, um, school in Virginia and always... Kind of had a, a heart for that kind of thing. I mean, mostly it's atonement for me. So I'm just basically, <laughs> you know, making up for past regressions. But um, but no, I I think I've had that spirit in me before.
0: Uh, and then what did you do after graduated? I mean, did you go right into business on your own?
1: Well, it, uh, again, nothing in my life has been very predictable. Um, which you it probably does not surprise you, but. I was going to still go to law school but decided to take a year off because I thought maybe that would be more conducive to success if I sort of toned down and got myself sort of balanced before going off and a friend of mine that I played lacrosse against um, I played for Orlando because obviously um, uh, Rollins did not have a team at the time so I played for Orlando I like to tell people I played semi-pro lacrosse because they paid us ten bucks for lunch or something that for counts. the game. So, <laughs> uh, but he was playing at the um, for the University of Florida team, and we met. He moved down here anyway. He was opening a restaurant on Fairbanks Avenue. So, he said, "If you're going to take a year off, you want to help me build the restaurant?" I did, um, and then got a loan, and bought in with him. So we owned this restaurant on Fairbanks where PRs used to be. We opened that as the first restaurant um, back in 1976 or 77. Wow. And so I became a restaurateur. Excellent. What was the name of it? Potter's Porridge. Okay. Yep. It was really kind of a, a cool concept. It was a California style place, f- first fondue restaurant here in town. Um, in fact, I always kid, I've got a plaque on my wall where <laughs> I won a chef's award for being one of Central Florida's finest chefs and and the irony is is people paid me to come into the restaurant and cook their own food so uh, but it was a great learning experience got involved in the community never left to go to law school Um, did realize though that that if I continued in the restaurant business that I would probably be 80 before I was going to be 30. So uh, decided that that would um, uh, maybe I ought to look at something else always been interested in real estate got a real estate license during the time when I had the uh, restaurant bought a house or two did little fix ups and things like that and thought you know this might be a fun profession for an English major to go into right and uh, started doing that and opened my own brokerage firm I, I, right around 81 82 I'm not one of those people that's really good with, dates because right. it was all just like a couple of years ago. Right. But uh, and then been doing the real estate and then custom home building ever since.
0: That's fantastic. I mean, so literally the you did TRs come in after right after you guys.
1: No, I saw I um, actually a friend of mine, my attorney at the time gave me a book of he said you should have written this book. It was how, how to sell restaurants because I sold it like three times. I had a great lease, which was um, obviously the value in the restaurant. So many people, I learned that so many people want to own their own restaurant or bar because they got a great recipe or they know how to make a drink or right. they or they just think it's going to be the coolest thing right. in the world.
0: That's I, I'm on that list, by the
1: way. Yeah, everybody is. I still have a dream of a beachfront, you right. know, open-air bar oh, that yeah. the band lets me sit in with them on Saturday night, so... but. So I sold it two or three times. Um, It was off the avenue. Um, It was a couple of other things. Um, I don't really remember exactly what they were, but I always held control of the lease. So I was able to, I had something to sell. Love it. So then PRs came in. uh, I think they were about the fourth one. I did not sell to
0: got PR's it. Uh, it you know we all have uh, those of us who went here uh, and and maybe even lived here you know we have our our memories of <laughs> um of certain times of our life and pr's was for sure uh before it was a mexican restaurant it was a college bar yes and uh it was just sort of a, a front uh, you know they maybe they served chips and a taco once in a while but otherwise you know every night it was the bar the college bar with maybe an inch of beer on the floor yeah and uh it was, uh, yeah, a few nights there until they finally, I think, got in enough trouble that they finally had to become a, a good, legitimate Mexican restaurant here and had a nice run in that too, so.
1: Well, some of their, the, with all due respect, the nastiness to their decor was in part, you know, my responsibility, because we were the ones that built it. We didn't know what we were really doing, and, and ironically, and then I became a custom builder. home builder, yeah. but didn't know what we were doing when we were building the place. Um but it did turn out to be a lot of fun. We had mostly Rollins students working um, as, as servers and in the kitchen. And I mean, we
0: had a blast. That's awesome. We, we had a good time. I know you went to college with uh, many great people, and, and you're not really a name dropper by nature. But but I know a couple of your classmates uh, who, you know, by all accounts have reached pinnacle of their profession or or even of their career maybe even not yet the pinnacle but but they've they've been to the top can you brag a bit on them i mean i always feel like it's nice for rollins people uh, alumni and students to know some of our quote famous alums and um you have two that just stand out that i've had the pleasure of meeting and i think the world of them can you can you tell
1: sure sure um well one was my roommate at rollins richard spencer um the first, you know, as freshmen, you all you get, we had no internet. We had none of the stuff where you could see pictures of people or anything. So I heard that, uh, I mean, I got a letter that said my roommate was Richard Spencer from Middlebury, Connecticut. And uh, so I came down to Rollins not knowing what to expect and um, got to my dorm room. Um, and, and he had already brought his clothes in and I'm looking at his clothes and there's his pair of yellow pants and a blazer with a crest on it and I had just come from three weeks of living in Cocoa Beach with some friends from Virginia Beach surfing and I came over in a bathing suit and a t-shirt and flip-flops which is basically all I owned at the time and uh, met Richard Spencer and of course you know here's his um, sort of military cut hairdo guy, meeting this surfer with long blonde hair down his back, looking at each other like certainly the odd couple. Right, um, But we became best friends. Um, remarkable guy, um, just remarkable guy. And um, we're still best friends to this day. There's a group of us that are about five. And a few years ago, I mean, he was very successful in his own right as investment banker and doing different things in, in the finance world but he became uh, the secretary of the navy he was appointed the secretary of the navy the 76th secretary of the navy which was interesting because we graduated in 76 and when i went to his swearing in his sister had um, made all of us pocket squares that said 76 on them and she was giving it to this there's a group of us of five real close friends and we were all there and she's given them out, and one of the other gentlemen that you're talking about, Mike O'Donnell, was up there with me, and she gave him one. And he said, no, no, I wasn't in that class. I wasn't in class of 76. And she's like, what? And he goes, <laughs> I, didn't I, wasn't, I didn't graduate. I was a year or two behind them. <laughs> she said, no, he's the 76th secretary of the <laughs> Navy. But, yeah, he was very uh, – he did a really uh, – in my opinion, he did a really good job, and it was staggering – the impact that he had on not only our our country and history in general, but in the world. I mean, he was. I mean, he was right up there, yep. um, and did and did a day or two acting Secretary of Defense um, when Mattis stepped down. But uh, uh, yeah, so he's he's That's definitely one, and he's yep. now retired and uh, part of. One of the things that was great about Richard being the Secretary of the Navy was, Mike and I would go up to all the um, Army-Navy games <laughs> in his suite, and we're meeting the first year we're there meeting, you know, Rex Tillerson and and um, David Robinson and all these people that you're just like, whoa, who are, we're really talking right. to and meeting these guys, and uh, so it was a lot of fun. And then of course he resigned about two weeks before the third. Army-Navy game, which really irritated me. I told him <laughs> I thought rude. that was extremely selfish. Right. <laughs> um, so Mike and I didn't get to go. But anyway, he, remarkable man. And in our class, and just yeah. seeing somebody with that kind of power and um, responsibility
0: yeah. in the Pentagon was was amazing. That, that was that was my guy Richard. He came to uh, I think Alumni Weekend once yeah. and uh, and spoke to a group of students, uh, several groups of students, and, and groups of alumni. Just uh, I'm always I don't know there there are really powerful and influential people who like to let you know that they're really powerful and inf- influential, and he's not one of those. Like, no. he really is just so down to earth and um, and humble and uh, just an incredible guy. And just my short. Time, being yeah. able to interact with him so
1: well and that weekend that he was here because I had nominated him for the alumni award yeah. and that weekend that he was here the Saturday morning because everybody's pulling on him to do stuff right he came out and worked with me at Habitat and met the kids out there I told him I had one um, high school senior from Winter Park that was going to go to the Naval Academy and she you know I said it would be really it would make her day if you came out here and just said hello to her he said oh no problem at all and he came out and not only worked with them but uh, met the kids and good guy good guy and mike o'donnell who's another one i mean i have you know ironically i'm the only one that wasn't successful out of my group of people but (laughs) so there's several even others but but mike um who started out running working in the beanery here (laughs) and then he ran the pub which my wife ended up working for him as a bartender um and uh got his start in the in the the restaurant business and then of course that became his career and he reached like you said the pinnacle um and i don't even know if he's done yet right. but he's he's uh was the ceo of ruth chris yep. um ruth's hospitality group we actually moved their corporate headquarters when he became uh ceo into winter park right. so they've now become a great community partner And again, all of this because of Rollins' connection. I mean, this is how these things uh, have happened. And now he's just stepping down. Um, He stepped down last year as a CEO and became uh, chairman of, um, executive chairman of the board of trustees, uh, the board of directors. And he is um, just now stepping down from that role. But he is a remarkable man, done a remarkable job. And it started at Rollins too. I love it.
0: I love it. I love those stories, uh, you know, and I know there's thousands of them, right? And not oh, yeah. everybody has to be a, um, you know, a household name, but those are those are two people who are uh, who are just, you know, have great stories. Right. Uh, well, and, and one stories. other
1: was Stan, Sam Stark. I mean, that guy, you know, oh, yeah. remarkable guy, yeah. alumni, you know, look what he's done. Maybe so. we should
0: have him on the show one day. I'm he, sure he tells a great story. <laughs>
1: yeah. He's like me. We didn't go very far. We got about 500 <laughs> yards. That's
0: right. Right. <laughs> Talk a little bit about uh, – Thad Seymour. Thad Seymour was uh, the twelfth president of Rollins, and he was the president when when you were a student, and he he was mine for three of my four years. And uh, you know, for both of us and many many others uh, in the community and, and throughout his whole journey, he made an impact on our lives, and he made a difference specifically in the Winter Park community. He and his wife Polly, who is still here in town, uh, were givers of their time, and, and Thad, you know, though. Almost literally was a giant of a man in stature, but also in in position. You know, made everyone feel like his peer. So, just talk about Thad, what he meant to you, and then we'll sort of share. You know, a, another big part of the reason why why you're here with us today.
1: Yeah, and and I'll apologize in advance if sometimes it seems a little raw for me because it's he was my uh, best friend and mentor and and wonderful, most remarkable human being that I met. It was kind of funny how my eyes and i, I first got this vision of thad seymour because he was not my president here oh. um jack critchfield okay. dr critchfield was the president when i was oh, here gotcha. and with all due respect to dr critchfield who's a remarkable man did a remarkable uh, remarkable accomplishments yep. um he was a the president like back in my day that you thought you, we didn't see much right he always <laughs> had the suits on he was in the the, the ivory tower in dealing with the things that college presidents deal with, not the students, right? right. And that's the way we thought it should be. It was very presidential. And um, then a couple years later, after I graduated, and I was still in the community because, of course, you, you remember I was a restaurant tour Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and involved with Rollins somewhat. Um, they talked about this new president that was around, Rollins. And they said, yeah, he rides his bicycle around campus. He's got a tie on and tennis shoes. He does magic tricks. And I'm thinking, what kind of nut did they hire as a president? That doesn't sound like a president to me. And, of course, just through my relationships with, with Rollins, the community, and some of the, the people still here, you know, I, I met Thad. And, and you know, the more that we were together, you know, we, we became um, – you know friends and um just again just a remarkable remarkable man so at some point in the late 80s i guess it was um we both were talking and realized you know that we had this uh passion or an interest and and um you know responsibility we felt like to Provide some affordable housing opportunities in Winter Park, and imagine if we saw that it we needed that then <laughs> yeah. Yeah. how that translates to now. Right, um, and we started talking about it, and we we were involved in in building some habitat houses under the auspices of Habitat for Humanity of Orlando, and one of the first ones that we really got got us going off the ground was sponsored by the student government at rollins they gave us ten thousand dollars we built the house um, um, for a campus safety officer which was really kind of a cool um, you know situation and we brought in a lot of students and and i'm a big proponent of students as the workforce for 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 habitat i think that's the future of organizations like habitat Um, and so we really embraced that. Anyway, we we found that we felt like you know what we're we're promoting this organization in our community, um, and it's very different than the rest of Central Florida and Orlando. So, so let's look at at, at opening our own affiliate. And so we had a meeting at the library. Almost a hundred people showed up, showing interest and willing to help us. And uh, so short version of the story. We started our own affiliate, and we're on house number 57. Amazing. So back to Thad, though. Thad and Polly, um, this this whole, you know, day of kindness is so appropriate for them. I mean, Thad Seymour, as you said, you know, he's so ingratiating, when he's talking to you. You feel like you're the only person in the room, whether you are or not. You feel like that he really is interested in your story. Right. Um, he's not one that is unless you ask him and egg him on to tell some stories. He's <laughs> right. not one that interjects his story, unlike myself, who's interjecting every one of my stories. Beautiful. But um, but Thad, it was just taught me so much in the way of kindness and listening to people, and everybody should have a voice, and um, you know, diversity, and and uh, just. Just that capability of, of trying to understand other people's views and, uh, you know, it, it, taking the high road, always trying to make, make sure that you, um, you know, you're doing the right thing. Question, right. question yourself. That's one, one of the great things that, mm. that Thad taught me personally was to always ask, you know, am I doing the right thing? Because I can pretty much attest to the fact that there was a long time that I'm not sure I was doing the right thing. I did the thing Sometimes it was right, sometimes right. it wasn't. All right, but he was really, um, really good at that. And and like I say, I I felt like he was a mentor, um, a father figure, a best friend. Yeah. Um. And, and so many, you know, so many other things. Both he and Polly just, just embraced habitat, um, ran with it. You know, once we started doing that, Thad and I were, um, just. Together, right. you know, joined at the hip, and so we spent, gosh, um, since ninety. You know, I was an English major. I don't do math that well, but it's probably around thirty years, um, you know, doing this yeah. and and uh,
0: developed quite quite a bond. That's beautiful. I love how the meeting was at the library, the Winter Park Library. Yes. I assume because Polly, when I was a student, she was incredibly um, uh, committed to the Winter Park Public Library served on their board and was a volunteer. And through our fraternity's community service, our fraternity, oh, by the way, got kicked off campus too. Um, it happens. It happens. Um, but she had us there every year doing volunteer work for the Winter Park Library. So I'd I love that, you know, sort of another connection point. And, and you know, you talk about k- kindness. Um, one of the greatest archives I've heard from from Rollins' history is Thad's speech to the KAs. <laughs> <laughs> when he basically and politely said, "You guys are out of here," like, but he did it with such intellect and such dignity uh, that I think even for KAs, it's probably hard to be mad at the guy, you know. And uh, where where sometimes that's it's, it's quite the opposite. It's easy to hate an administrator or somebody for making a really you know hard decision like that. But that just had that way. Um, it's a it's a speech that um, if you know people ever get back to campus. They should look it up in our archives because it's it's just fantastic.
1: He he used to tell me the story all the time about when the KAs were protesting this because he was going to throw them off. Right. And they had a tent set up out in front of the administration in you know hall, and they were spending the night out there. And he said it he was just furious all night. He could barely sleep because they were doing this protest and all this stuff. And and him telling the story was what was hilarious. But he said he would. Uh, he came over to campus about three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. Just couldn't sleep to go to his office, and there, there was the tent, and these guys were out there. And he says he goes over there, and they're all passed out. There's beer cans everywhere, <laughs> and he starts kicking the cans and, and and yelling at them. You call this a protest? You, this is no way to. Sh-. And he just, just went off on them, and uh, but him telling the story, he said that it was it was pretty funny. So yeah, and and I hold no. You know animosities at all because right. I do remember that um, one of the leaders of the fraternity told me as I saw him on Park Avenue one day. He said, "Yeah, we got some trouble with administration, but we're not going to do like you guys. We're not we're not going to roll over. We're going <laughs> to fight them." I go, "Good. Let me know how that works out." <laughs> right. So it didn't work out. That didn't well. work out so well. Yeah, yeah
0: sadly. Well. Um, February 17th is uh, the inaugural Thaddeus and Polly Seymour Acts of Kindness Day here on uh, Rollins campus. And um, it's been in the works for a while, but obviously in this COVID environment, uh, this will sort of be the, the coming out of that event. So uh, it'll be fantastic. I know there's some information that we'll be able to post on our Rollins Around Town uh, Instagram and, and Facebook page. So check that out if you uh, want to know more and, and, uh, and, and be a part of it. Um, anything on that day or anything that, that's, that's going on that you want to highlight, Hal? Yeah, well,
1: one of the things that we're going to do is we are going to have some people um, over at our newest Habitat site, which is the 57th Habitat house that we've built. Um, with Dad and I started this, we say we might do 20. Then we Amazing. go, okay, our goal is 50. And now at 57, so, awesome. if, you know, uh, but we are going to be working there. I think the sign up is for like 15 people max. Um, we'll be very careful with the social distancing and mask and take temperatures and all that but we will have an opportunity. I think they've got it set up so some students could do it as well from three to five that day. Right. Um, I think that we're also participating in um, there's a book uh, drive that's going to habitat uh, to benefit habitat as well that they'll be doing throughout the day. So they've got an awful lot of um, community service project opportunities for students and alumni to participate in, but I think the, the big picture that needs to be addressed is that the reason it's so diverse is because this is Thad and Polly. They right. did so many things in the community. Polly started the new leaf bookstore over at the, um, at the library where my wife Teresa still works there. Yeah. Um, she's still, in fact, Polly's still involved with it as much as she can be. She can't get out of the house as much, but she's it's still, you know, her baby over there. Um, they were involved in just so the Cape and House. I mean, there's a list of so many things. One of the things that always cracked me up was Thad used to drive um, seniors around that didn't have transportation, right. and he would drive them to doctors' appointments and things like that. And I asked him one day, I go, Thad, I said. Um, it it doesn't that scare some of these people when they see their drivers older than they are when they get in the car? And he goes, yeah, but at that point, they don't have any choice. So (laughs) he says, I've got a captive audience. But he just did so many things. And I think that this Day of Kindness, the way it's been set up with the organizers, really reflects that. And it's a wonderful reflection of his and Polly's impact on not only the school, with the community and humanity is as broad as that sounds but humanity in general because they do teach us what yeah. kindness is really all about
0: it, kindness matters we could use a little bit more of that yeah um, we could. all across the board and yeah, um, we uh, in his and her honor uh, it'll it's it's i know it's a pleasure and a privilege for rollins to be able to to offer this i give great um uh, thanks and appreciation to our community engagement colleagues yeah. here uh, mickey and meredith and sophia and many others who who put this on so right. Uh, it's just, uh, it's fascinating. And I know we'll be together Saturday night for a fundraiser for um, Habitat for Humanity. Correct. Um, and that's a, that's an event you want to share and w- w- sort of a, maybe an old event, but, but renamed in honor of that. Right. Yeah. So we, uh,
1: every year we, I don't know how we ended up doing this. I think just because we wanted to play night golf one time. But <laughs> we started this night golf tournament that the proceeds go to benefit uh, Habitat for Humanity, our local affiliate. And uh, um, we renamed last year after um, Thad's passing. We renamed it the Thaddeus Seymour um, Night of Golf, you know, for habitat. So it is in his honor. We we do um, we have we're going to have this year is a little bit um, different because of the COVID. We are going to have the full the full teams playing on the course, but we're also going to have some other games and things that you know, putting contests and even cornhole that every event has now and (laughs) where you can be socially distanced away from people. (laughs) Right. And uh, some different things that'll be a lot of fun. And speaking of Mike O'Donnell and Ruth Chris, they are um, always for the last, gosh, 10 years have been one of our sponsors helping us build. And they always provide the food Fantastic. for our golf tournament and our dedications and our groundbreaking, so we're so appreciative to them, but they'll be out there so people will get um, you know, get a chance to get some good Ruth Chris food and have some fun and I love it. Yeah
0: That. My friends is Rollins around town. I mean, that's uh, that's sort of why you know Rollins exists and, and why Rollins is so important in our community. So thanks to you and Michael and then Thad and obviously so many others. Um, you're you're a, you're a community guy. You're a you know you've had a successful career. Still have a successful career. What what are you? What advice are you giving Rollins students today? You know, um, number one for career. Number one for sort of their personal community involvement and um, any predictions or projections for the real estate and construction career uh, for, for Rollins students in the future? Well, that was a mouthful. Is
1: this where I say yes? That's <laughs> and right. You turn it over. Shows, yeah. over right. show's over. Show's <laughs> over. <laughs> um, okay. So first of all, I'm probably one of the last people you want giving advice to students that are coming <laughs> out. True. Um, so we didn't have to agree so quickly. <laughs> so but, that's
0: not true. Oh, oh. I thought you said true.
1: <laughs> so, so anyway. Um, you know, one of the things I would say that Rollins does and prepares people for is they don't. It's it's a liberal arts, you know, um, experience, and you you get to experience a lot of different things. You're not pigeonholed. Some people have an idea of what they want to do after school. Some people have no clue, which would have been me. Yeah um and um, i think what rollins does is open your eyes and to the opportunities that are out there i think the most important advice i could give any student is just a life lesson is that either learn it's like the midas guy pay him now or pay him later (laughs) learn early that you follow your heart if you're doing something that is in your heart that there's a passion for it won't seem like work you'll enjoy doing it and you will be much more fulfilled um, in your career, if that's what you do, if you're going because either a parent thinks that this is what you should do, or you, you're seeing the dollar signs and that's what you're going to do, there may be a bump in the road. So just you know, my advice would be follow follow your heart, and no matter what the challenges might be. Right. Um, and as as far as the, the the real estate around here, you know, having watched this since the '70s. Yeah. Um, I you know, I don't want to put the poison prediction on it um, and say, you know, oh yeah, we're recession proof. But even during two thousand and seven and eight where I got killed in it, um you know, we're pretty resilient here. I mean, this we're a community. Central Florida has so much money and business committed to it for the future that's not going anywhere. I mean, not just the theme parks but you can look at what's going on in whether it's the lake nona which yeah. is a whole other city uh what ucf's growth i mean right. everywhere so when you bring it back down to winter park you know we're the reason we've always been so popular valuable is because the proximity to downtown we can get to the airport we get we've got the lakes it's beautiful the rollins college charm right. park avenue right. So I, I I don't see us having a huge problem here in Winter Park. There's a lot of um, construction going on um, while interest rates are low, which I, we know that they won't stay that low for a long time. But I I think that there's enough money that has been committed to the community that it, that we're we're going to be fine no matter what happens in in that um, you know in the next several years right. from an economy standpoint, but. I think we're okay here.
0: Well, that's good. I think, you know, Rollins feels good about that too. A lot because of our location. I mean, you know, it's, it's a it's a multiple-pronged uh, uh, approach to higher ed, but I think location does matter. And being in this amazingly vibrant, recession-resilient uh, economy and community is, is only going to be good for Rollins and Rollins students and alumni as well. So I think that makes a lot of sense. J- just so, sort of the last thing, why, why does Rollins matter in in the central Florida community?
1: Gosh, Um, I I think there's probably a lot of reasons why they matter. I mean, not only does the school provide an an aesthetic appeal and charm to the community, which is just the, you know, sticks and bricks, mortar kind of thing, but it does that, you know, people enjoy seeing things aesthetically pleasing. They want to be there. So it, it brings people in from that. It provides um, a culture and arts and opportunities that small towns a lot of times don't have through everything from the music, the plays, the sports, all of those kind of things. Um, But one of the things that I think you and I are probably both an example of is you, you come here to go to school, and a lot of people, most people, I think, don't come here thinking that I'm going to come to Rollins for four years and then stay in the community. Right. But what happens is, is you get a taste of this community, and so you think, well, wow, why would I? Why do I want to leave? <laughs> you know, this is a pretty good place to raise a family, to live, to do, you know, to work, to do whatever. Yeah. And so I think, just a byproduct of. Rollins being here is is they are producing people who do then then do become part of our community and in very very important ways. I mean, you look across the boards in Winter Park, the the nonprofits in Winter Park, the um, uh, the businesses around Winter Park. There are so many of them that have Rollins connections. That that's that's they Rollins. In my opinion, really has helped shape shape Winter Park economically, physically,
0: and culturally. Well, that's perfect. I love love how you frame that up, and um, love having you on the show. Mm-hmm. And how George, you you probably are are one of the either hidden gems or secret gems of the college and the community. Uh, you you either don't realize it. Or you won't admit it, but you are a, a massive contributor to the college and to the community, um, and um, it's uh, it's it's always been a pleasure, you know, being a friend of yours and being uh, a small part of uh, your journey along the way, and um, just can't thank you enough for taking the time to be on the show with us this morning.
1: Sam, thank you. It's my friendship with you is very important to me, and you're doing a great
0: job. I was thrilled when you came to work for Rollins. Well, thank you. I'd, I'd love it. Well, thanks to everybody for uh, tuning in today. Special thanks to Samantha, who's working the board and, uh, and helping with our social media and doing some other great things for WPRK and Rollins Around Town. So keep updated on our show for next week. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rollins Around Town. And subscribe to our podcast, Rollins Around Town on Apple and Spotify. So with that, we wish you a good day in Winter Park. Thanks.